Welcome to the Emily Osmond Show, your place to learn how to build a flexible, fulfilling and financially rewarding business around your life. I'm your host, Emily Osmond, a business coach, top-ranking podcast host, speaker and new mum based in Melbourne, Australia. With a Master of Communications, experience coaching close to 1,000 entrepreneurs through my flagship program, The Modern Marketing Collective, and real-life experience building my own business from the ground up, I'm here to help you turn your ideas into reality and share your passions with the world. Click subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And now, let's get into the show. Welcome back to the show. I hope you're going really, really well. We've just returned from a few days in the beautiful town of Orange in New South Wales and the autumn leaves were out, the houses are beautiful, the streets are leafy and uh, there's the most gorgeous selection of shops and boutiques and cafes there which was lovely to check out. I was a little bit sick though so that was a bit of a shame. I spent some time resting and recuperating but um, it was lovely just to be there and spend some time with family and friends there too. Now, before I get into this week's episode, I would love to invite you to join me for a live workshop that I'm running. So this is happening on May the 9th, 2023. It's going to go for an hour from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time. And you're going to join me to learn where to focus your time, your efforts and your energy on the nifty little app called Instagram to connect with your ideal clients, become known as the go-to in your niche and to grow your small business in 2023. Now, as a mum to a seven-month-old, sorry, my time is pretty limited. (laughs) A couple of contractors helping in my business, i.e. I don't have a huge team. And what I like to think is a pretty simple business model, and it really has to be when I only work a few hours a week at the moment. Nothing I'm sharing requires big money, a big team, or big hours. I'll be sharing the strategies that continue to work year after year along with the nuances that are important today as the platform continues to evolve. So here's what we're focusing on. How to approach Instagram with a clear intention and purpose. What should be in your profile for more connection and clicks? The type of posts to be sharing, reels, carousels, stories, how to bring your own personality to your Instagram, even when you cringe at yourself on camera, oh my goodness, and what you need to do to maximize profits in your business from this powerful app. With an Instagram community of more than 20,000 followers, a Master of Communications degree, and having helped more than a 1,000 entrepreneurs to grow their own small business, I'm bringing you my knowledge, insights, and insider tips. So go ahead and buy your ticket now. It's $49 and uh, we're going to spend a wonderful hour in this value-packed, inspiring and actionable workshop together. So you can go ahead to emilyosmond.com forward slash workshop, emilyosmond.com forward slash workshop and get your hands on a ticket now. Alrighty, let's get into this episode. Today, I'm joined by Tanya Castellino, and Tanya is the founder of Life's Little Celebrations. You'll find her on Instagram at Life's Little Celebrations, and her business has promoted and supported kids' event vendors for the past 12 years. Over this time, she has launched the Celebrate Society membership for kids' party suppliers, the Celebrate Conference, 
and a magazine called Celebrating Little Ones. This is a digital magazine. And she has grown her Instagram following at Life's Little Celebrations to 115,000 followers, along with developing an amazing industry community and membership. Tanya has had her business featured in publications such as Donna Hay Magazine and The Practical Parenting Magazine. And she's also been chosen as a judge for the Party Stylist of the Year Awards. Tanya, as we discuss in this episode, is a mother of four and she lives in Sydney, previously having worked in human resource management and secondary teaching before becoming a mum and delving into the much more exciting world of kids' events. And Tanya has evolved into a leader in the event industry in her support and promotion of kids' party vendors. In this episode, we chat about what it's like running a membership, how she manages that one, what's involved, how her business has evolved over the years from starting as a blog to then online resources and now as the membership, the conference and the magazine. And we also discuss how Tanya has made this work as she has raised her four young children, the challenges that she's had along the way, her advice to others that are looking to build their own successful business and what's next for her. So enjoy this episode. I know that I absolutely love chatting with Tanya. I find her so impressive and her way of approaching business and life and family is something that I really enjoyed delving into with her in this episode. So let me hand over to Tanya Castellino. Tanya, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, Emily. I'm so excited to be here. I've loved your podcast for so many years now. So good to hear. Thank you. And you're someone that is just super impressive. You have created such an amazing business. You're someone that is all about supporting other small business owners and you're a continuous learner as well. So how about we start off with introducing yourself and a little bit about your business too? Yeah, sure. Thanks, Emily. So um, I'm Tanya. I'm based in Sydney and I run Live Signal Celebrations, which basically offers a membership and network for vendors in the kids' party industry. So small business owners who provide products or services for kids' celebrations and all about offering them that membership and support and network. Yes, so good. And we will dive into that because I said to you before, I haven't, I don't think I've really had someone on, at least for a long time, chatting about memberships specifically. So you've got lots to share on that one. So we'll get to that. But I want to start off with where your business started. I know it was uh, almost, well, probably about 12 years ago that you got started. Your first child, you have four kids. Your firstborn was about six months at the time, and your kids are now um, 12, 10, 8, and six years old. But take us back to the start and where it all began. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, as a new mom, I was at home. I discovered the world of kids' parties and thought, look, I'm just going to start a blog. And it's funny, even in those very early days, I was Mm -hmm. determined to start something that wasn't already out there. So there was no blog at that time that was really sharing where people could find small businesses that offer things for kids' parties. So that's what I started. No, No intention at all to turn it into a business. And from there, basically what happened is I started forming relationships online with these business owners 
um, which I think was a key component to my early business evolving because I built these relationships with these business owners. I was sharing their businesses for free on my blog mm-hmm. and I built that trust factor. Um, so then when I came up with the idea of, look, why don't I start a directory, again, focusing on small businesses, they had that trust factor and I was able to launch something very simple, um, a directory that I just kind of made myself online, but it was advertising them online. Um, you know, they paid a small fee each month. And that's really how it started. Again, as I, you know, had a six month old and then it became a community. Once I started a Facebook group in those days, there was no Instagram. So we started a yes. Facebook group and once, <laughs> once the members could start connecting and interacting, that's where it really blossomed. And I realized that they really wanted to connect. You know, that was where the magic was. Um, and that's how it then started to evolve into more of a membership type model. Amazing. How long tenure was it between starting the blog that you then introduced the directory? Probably a year, I would say. Yeah. I would say a year and then probably another year before I got it professionally designed, you know, and got a professional yeah. to put it together. And then the membership from there, how, when did that take? So time? I would say probably three years after I started was when, you know, I started the Facebook group and started to evolve it more into, yes. you know, let's start doing some meetups. Yes. Um, by this stage, I had just had my third child. So I was, you know, just slowly evolving it because I was very conscious of, you know, I cannot take on too much. I want to be there Mm. with my kids. I'm having babies. Mm. Um, So, you know, it was still mainly focusing on the blog, the directory, and then that online community and member meetups. And probably a year or so after that, we had our first conference, which was an in-person conference 2016. Again, hadn't been done before. And that just launched into something amazing with, you know, we've had uh, five conferences now, bringing the uh, kids event vendors together and also the magazine as well then came out Mm -hmm. as a next step. So again, it slowly evolved little by little and people would suggest to me all the time as I was growing this, Tanya, do a magazine, Tanya, do an expo, Mm -hmm. do this and do that. But I was very conscious of taking Mm -hmm. things on as I could handle them because I was having, you know, all these young kids. I had uh, four kids within six years. Yes. So it was balancing oh all of that goodness. as well. <laughs> so how did you do that, Tanya? What did that look like in terms of when were you working? Did you have any support with the kids' care or was that you predominantly doing that? Talk to us what that looked like. Yes. Yeah, so I had decided that I wanted the kids home until they started preschool at age three. Yeah. So what that meant was I could really only work in their nap times. I did a lot of work at night. Yeah. And then as they got that little bit older, I was able to do some work even when they were awake, but they were playing. Yeah. And I had to get over the yeah. guilt of that. Sometimes I, I did mm. feel a little bit bad. Then I thought, you know what? I am still here with them. Yeah. I'm able to attend to their needs. They're playing and I could still work around them. Um, so I wasn't able to have any kind of kid-free days to work on my business until maybe two years ago, um, where my youngest started, (laughs) I know my youngest started preschool and then this year they are all finally at school. So it really was in those early days working in small chunks, I think was the secret. And then once I was pregnant with my third child, I brought in a VA. I realized Mm. I could not keep doing this on my own. And even though I wasn't making a lot of money at that stage, I realized that if I want to continue this business and actually bring in more income, I have to invest the money into a VA. I could not do it. I was lying on the couch, you know, a few months pregnant going, there is no way I could do this on my own. 
So I had to start outsourcing to be able to continue it and still be able to be there for my kids, but also have that help. So I've used a virtual assistance over the years to help in that way. And what did you start outsourcing, Tanya? So I think from memory, because this was quite a few years ago, I think it was my social media at that point. I think that was the easiest thing to, to start outsourcing, getting them to do more posts for me, because that was a big part of my business, promoting my members online. So I started outsourcing that Mm. as well, as well as some of the blogs as well. Yeah. Okay. And how did you make decisions and what did you learn, I guess, when there were no doubt lots of ideas and lots of other people's suggestions around what you could do and ideas for the business. How did you work out what were things to say yes to and what were things to say not quite yet to? Did you find, I guess it was based on how many hours commitment it would be if you had to travel? Just curious to hear what parameters you put in place around your decisions when you knew that time was more limited. So I think one of the key factors was always trying to do something that didn't, that wasn't already being done. So for example, Mm. when people were suggesting the magazine at that time, Mm. there were a few other magazines already existing that did focus on celebrations. And I really didn't see the need for how I could do something different and, and why would I go into that? So I left that until it came to a point where there was a bit of a change in the market and people stopped doing as many magazines. That was when I realized, okay, let's do it. Let's fill this gap and give my members the opportunity to be showcased in a magazine. Same with the expo. People were suggesting for me to do expos. There was already a great expo around at that time. And I didn't feel that an expo would light me up. Whereas a conference... I knew that that would light me up, bringing people together with amazing speakers that they could learn from and listen to. That was what excited me. So I think it was really looking at what would I enjoy doing? What would really inspire me? What would I be good at doing? And also what wasn't already being done at the time. I didn't just want to try and do a copycat of something. And it's something I, I always tell my members as well, you know, always try and look at what is something unique that you can bring rather than just copying whatever else is is out there in business. Such good advice. Oh, thank you for sharing that. So looking at what's unique and then also what you're actually excited to create because that's what's going to fuel you, isn't it? Mm. 100%. And when you are taking time away from your kids and you have little kids, your time is so valuable. You do not want to be wasting it on things that are not going to light you up and not going to, you know, be your zone of genius. So I was really looking at, okay, where can I bring the most value? And if I'm going to take this time away from my kids, what is going to be worth doing? Of course, you have to look at the profitability as well to see what will bring in the right amount of income for the hours you're putting in as well. Absolutely. So what does your business look like now, Tanya? Could you break down the revenue streams and then also how the magazine and conference work in terms of how they fit into the membership if they're for members only and and that type of thing. So different revenue streams and projects in the business. Yes, definitely. So the main revenue stream would be the Celebrate Society, which is the membership. And we have two different main levels that members can join on. So that is where members can come together. They can network both online and in person. And in the event industry, networking is so important. So that is a big focus of it. We have masterclasses for our members, which Emily, you have been a wonderful guest on. And we also have member Zooms for them to network and discuss ideas. And then we also have a magazine, which I'll go into, and also being able to promote them online. So on my Instagram page, on the blog, we do Easter and Christmas special promotions for them. So really giving them 
them that overall, you know, networking, community, learning, as well as promotion. The other revenue stream is the magazine. So this is mainly for members. So our members come together and they collaborate on amazing photo shoots. Oh my gosh. And that, and everyone needs to have a look at your Instagram. Yes. Amazing yes. photos. Oh, thank you. Look, it's all credit to my members. They are so incredible. And the photo shoots really give them the chance to, you know, let their creativity go wild, create an amazing yes. party themes, cakes, invitations to really inspire people and showcase mm-hmm. what they can do. Now, members can pay to advertise in that magazine. And we also have people who are not members. So for example, venues or restaurants or bigger party supplies who can also pay to be in the magazine. So it does bring in income through the advertisements as well. The actual magazine is free for people to view, but the revenue comes in through the advertising. But it is a really, it's one of my, one of my members' most favorite things is the magazine and the collaborations that they get to be a part of. And that's value add I can see for them because it's, creating those connections, bringing them together, creating those assets. So the videos and the photos and no doubt the Instagram yes. uh, videos, stories, reels, TikTok, if they're on there. 100%. From those shoots too. Mm. 100% because to put together your own photo shoot to showcase your business mm. would cost, you know, a lot of money, hours of work. This yes. gives them the chance to, you know, have easy collaboration photo shoots, high quality mm. photography. And then they get shared, not just in our magazine, but everyone in the photo shoot shares each other's work on their own pages. So again, it's that extra promotion. Mm. And then the conference. So again, another income stream would be wonderful conferences, which we have been doing in Sydney, but I will be having an event in Melbourne in October, which I'll be having you at, Emily. Um, and <laughs> Everyone keep are, an eye out for that one yes. in Melbourne. Mm. And these are open to anyone in the event industry. So okay, they're right. open to our members and non-members. We even had someone who come along who wasn't even in the event industry, but she was in branding and she wanted to meet other business owners in the event industry. And it's really a day to come together, to learn from amazing speakers, to network, Mm. be inspired. And there really is nothing else like this for vendors in the kids event industry. So I love being able to host that. And it's just a great way to bring people together from all around Australia to really connect and learn. What have you learned from running the conference, Tana? You've run five, is it? Now, what are some yes. of the learnings you've had from that or tips for other people that are looking at putting together a conference for their audience, their community? What have you got to share with them? So I would say if you are planning an event like this in person, I think it's really important to think about the experience that you want to provide mm-hmm. because yeah. I'm all about people walking away with a wonderful experience. Yeah. And so it's about the atmosphere. It's about the, the deco- even though, yes, we're in the event industry, so we do decorate the room beautifully. But I think giving people that experience that when mm-hmm. they come in, you have thought of them. There's beautiful yeah. table settings. There's, there's little touches on the table, in the mm-hmm. gift bags, in the welcome those little things so that when they walk away, they feel that they've been a bit spoiled. I think that is a beautiful touch because as business owners, Mm. we're also busy. It takes a lot to take a whole day out to attend something. So I think you want, you want them to walk away feeling like they have been spoiled. Mm. Uh, And then I would say to be able to facilitate great networking and discussions as part of the day Mm. is really important because that is a big part of why they're attending to meet other business owners. And then the speakers. So to be very, very careful in who you choose as a speaker, listen to them on podcasts, listen to them online and really try and bring together an amazing array of speakers to inspire your guests as well. 
Lots of great tips, Tanya. Thank you. That's, no, that's I'm, right. I'm similar with that too. I like to start with how I want people to feel, like at my retreats or yes. the out. Like what is that feeling and then how can I deliver on that through those, just thinking through those details. Definitely. And also mm. seeing the conference as a marketing, you know, any event that you're doing, yes. it is a marketing exercise. Yes. It is a chance for you to showcase your brand, whether it is yes. people there and they're filming and they're going to share it on Instagram stories mm. or, you know, they're thinking about joining your membership or working with you. These are in-person mm. opportunities, which are amazing ways to really showcase your brand. So I think any money spent in how you present your business on the day, don't be shy to speak about it, to promote your own self on the day is also important. Mm, brilliant. I would love to hear, Tanya, a little bit more about your membership and what you've learned from that over the years and specifically things that you might have changed. Because I know for me, I've, I'm always experimenting and looking at what's working, what's not working, what can I do better here? What are some ideas? What's changing? What does that look like for you and your membership over the years? What, how have things evolved for you? Yeah. So Firstly, I guess I would say just to the first part of your question about one of the most important things with the membership, I would have to say is the relationships that you have with your members mm. so that they don't feel like they're just a number because I do feel that, you know, I try to get to know my members, their businesses, mm. you know, send them a DM on Instagram yeah. and those little personal touches can really help mm. a lot with your member relationships, your member retention. And I know that I've been in other memberships, not yours, Emily, but others that, you know, I have felt like a number. Yeah. And you do feel that you're not of value. And I guess you never want yes. your members to feel like that. Definitely it has evolved over the years. So for example, the member meetups to start off with was a big change for us because we yeah. did see that people were wanting to meet in person. Yes. So that was something new that we brought in. And do then you still even do them, Tanya? Yes, well? we do. Yeah. Yes, 100%. Nice. Yeah. So again, some people love those member meetups. Some people mm. prefer to meet online, but yeah. others just love that because you stand out, you're more memorable when you meet other businesses yeah. in person. Yeah. And then I would say something new that we've just started this year is the member Zooms online. Mm. So this is this came about because during the member meetups in person, I would notice yeah. people would be discussing things, great challenge, you know, challenges, sharing mm. ideas. And I thought we need to make this more available to our members, no matter yeah. where they are located. Yeah, or, nice. you know, they might be home with a newborn baby and can't come out. Mm -hmm. So the member Zooms are something new we brought on to help our members start connecting more. We also did a member survey to help get those yes. ideas. And we found that members were wanting to connect with members from other states. They weren't just yeah. wanting to connect with people in their own city. They wanted to branch out. And so mm -hmm. that is our chance to, uh, to help them do that. And even the masterclasses have evolved over the years. Way back, you know, we used to do a masterclass that was purely text. So we'd have a guest come online in our Facebook group yes. and they would purely be typing. Oh, yes, yes, yes. It would yes. purely be typing. And then now we have a full-blown video masterclass because, you know, video has evolved. Everyone wants video. Mm -hmm. And so even, again, reacting to what people are, how people are receiving content mm -hmm. and how people are engaging. And so, yeah, we've moved to video more for the membership as well with that. So good, Tanya. And I love how, and this is, I think, a really great learning as well is that the way an online course, especially a membership, I think, the way that it starts, it's not going to look the same in a year or two years or three years, is it? It's just always, what do the members want? What? How is the market or the technology changing? Have you seen as well a shift in the type of members that you've had? Did you always start with that focus on kids' party vendors? 
I, I always did. Yes, I have stuck to just kids' party supplies. Mm-hmm. And again, people have come to me and said, Tanya, why don't you branch yeah. out and do the whole event industry or do weddings yeah. as well? But again, and I know you've spoken, Emily, about niching yeah. down. I mm-hmm. have found that it has been so good to niche down to that yes. specific community because yeah. then you can serve them for their particular needs, even though mm-hmm. some of them do service weddings as well and they do yes. service adult celebrations. I love having that niche because you can really target the right members. Mm-hmm. You can serve them. The masterclasses are geared towards them as well. And then I would say, again, in our members, we have members who've been, some of them are brand new in business. Some of them have been around for 10 years and they yeah. all get different aspects from the membership. So I like to tell our members, it's like a grazing platter that yes. you almost get to pick and choose. And I think any membership is like this. Yes, exactly. You offer different opportunities that are going to suit different members. And you would find the yeah. same, Emily. You would have some Definitely. members who really love your in-person thing, some people who yes. love you know, the program and working through it themselves. Some people Mm. who just love to come on live with you. Yes. So I think it's so important to offer those different ways that members can benefit Mm -hmm. and let them pick and choose. And I'm always reminding my members, don't feel that you have to come to everything. Yes, you don't have to eat everything can, on the grazing. No, platter. that's right. Exactly. <laughs> Just pick the stuff you like. <laughs> that's right. I always say it's not a three-course meal. You pick and choose. Yes. Take what you want and don't feel bad if there's some months where you can hardly get involved yeah. at all, you know? And this is the thing, hey, because I'm like this in other memberships I'm part of too, and I, I like to try and encourage like a year-long view or a a, a yes. longer term view because there's going to be times in our lives as people that are members within memberships that we just don't get to do much in the membership. But the next month we might be going to all the calls or some of the calls, you know. So I like to think of it as a longer term involvement, longer term approach, longer term commitment than just one month. And I think because some people do join hoping to, you know, have some big transformation within one, two, three months. But I found that my members who have stuck through, now I have members who stayed even for seven years now. Yes, Tanya. And, and, you know, they have grown and they probably don't even need the promotion anymore, but they see how important it is when you're in business Mm -hmm. to be connected in, you know, in a network, to be supported. And of course, they are are so busy. They've built big businesses. They're not there at every call or every meetup. But it's that consistency of sticking with a membership, sticking with a network Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. helps your name get out there and you can draw on them whenever you need. So when you do need, oh, look, I do need to learn about this topic. Oh, I do need to ask Mm -hmm. Tanya or Emily about that question. They can jump in. And I think it's just a no-brainer, honestly. You know, that kind of support network when you're in business, Mm -hmm. I think it's so, so important. I want to ask you about your member meetups. How do they work? What do you do there? How are they running and how they've changed over time, if at all? Yeah, so look, we we have kept them pretty social-based. So yeah. we, we have mainly kept them, you know, quite casual, mm. giving members a chance to really come together, socialise. You know, we encourage them to talk about business ideas, business challenges, yeah. introduce themselves. We have had some where we have asked a speaker to come. Yeah. So we've had a speaker, we've had a Q&A. If it's in Sydney, because I'm based here often, one of my members might offer to do a bit of a backdrop. So I'll get a professional yeah. photographer there. So we can get some member photos and then it doubles Mm. as also a chance for me to get some promotional photos as well, which is great. But the main, it it is kept quite casual Mm. um, because I do find if I make it too formal and too structured, it's a lot of extra work, of course, and then it's harder to organize. Yeah, And so I've kept them quite informal. So it's easy for people to come. Mm. I've also asked a few of my members in each state to be a member rep. 
So we've had someone in Queensland, Melbourne and Perth, for example, Mm -hmm. so that they coordinate the meetups and people feel like, okay, Tanya's not here, but we have someone local. And something new that I should mention as well that we've started is a WhatsApp group for Mm -hmm. so far for just our Melbourne and our Perth members. I really need to start one for Sydney, but we have a lot more in Sydney, which is why I haven't started one in Sydney, but a WhatsApp group has been great for our members in in Melbourne and Perth particularly to be able to easily connect with each other, ask for local help. So for example, hey, does anyone, you know, I need this for an event this Saturday. Can anybody help? That has been a great addition to our membership as well, using WhatsApp and and creating those little local hubs as well for our members Mm -hmm. to connect. Oh my gosh, Tanya. (laughs) I just love, I love hearing all the ways that you have created value for your members. And I guess we're probably similar in the way that there's just so much that you can do with memberships. And it's just looking at the community and how can we continue to give value to them and delight them and support them. Yes, 100%. And actually that that reminds me of another evolving thing, which again comes down to, as you said, always thinking of new ways mm-hmm. to serve your members. We have the Kids Party directory online. Yeah. But because my Instagram, you know, my Instagram page is 115,000 followers, so that is a mm-hmm. big base for my followers to come and find my members. So in the Instagram highlights, I have created my directory in there as well. So again, an easy way for people to find my members on Instagram highlights rather than having to go to the website because sometimes people are on Instagram, they want to be able to find things on Instagram straight away. So again, I hadn't seen that done. And so it is just trying to think outside the box sometimes and go, what can I do that no one else is doing? Mm -hmm. Um, And look, it might not work. Business is trial and error, right? Yeah, Everything's trial and error. It doesn't hurt. doesn't cost me anything extra to do some Instagram highlights and you try it out. Mm. And again, just trying to find extra ways to, yeah, add value. Mm. Thank you so much for being so generous and sharing all that you're up to and what you've created. It's really, really cool. Oh, Um, it's my pleasure. How are you marketing, Tanya? How are you getting yourself out there, attracting new members? What does that look like? What's working for you? Yeah, look, I have to say that I think one of the biggest ways that I have been able to market has been through social media as well as keeping my own members happy so that it's almost that word of mouth in in the industry. So I know people have come to me and said, so-and-so is one of your members and they have told me about the photo shoots and the meetups. I really want to be a part of it. So that has been a big thing, definitely through the magazine and the social media. And when it comes to my member launches Mm -hmm. and attracting new members, so I tend to do two launches a year, uh, I do utilize the power of those DM conversations on Instagram. Mm -hmm. So I do go and have a look at who's following me or who are some amazing vendors in the industry that I would love, that I feel would suit our community. And I reach out to them and I introduce myself and just start a conversation with them and invite them to come and have a look at at the society. And so I think Mm -hmm. having that confidence is so important to not feel too scared to introduce yourself or to invite people. You know, there is a lot of rejection there. I've definitely had a lot of rejection, but then a lot of people who've said, yes, or let me go check Mm. it out because Mm. there are a lot of people sometimes following who still don't know what, what I do. This is the thing, hey, and you can never (laughs) assume, you can never, yeah, make the assumption that people know what you have to sell. Exactly. So they'll, I'll still have people DM me and say, how can I be featured on your page? Or, you know, they're following, but they think that maybe I'm an event stylist or I offer cakes. 
So again, it's trying to always educate people who are following you about what what you offer, but having those DM conversations, keeping my current customers happy. So that word of mouth's there. Yes. And then again, that professional imagery, that's something Mm. I started even way back when it was very small. I always saw the value in trying to have professional images, professional branding, even if it was very simple in the early days. I just wanted that professional look because I feel that people judge you on that regarding, you know, whether they want to come and work with you. And it's your brand aesthetic and it's being able to showcase. And probably, again, we're both creative people. And are you a visual person? I'm I'm assuming that you are. I know I am. I I love aesthetic and visuals. Yeah. Yes, definitely. Having that photography allows us to show what we're all about and show what our brand is about and bring it to life and and get it in front of people. So yeah, photography is really, really super important. 100%. And it's worth the investment. I know when you're new in business, you know, you have to be careful what you spend, but I always Mm. feel that professional photography, you can use that for many years to come and it really makes a big difference. Mm. Talk to us about your launches, Tanya. How how complicated or uncomplicated they are, what you found works, what maybe hasn't worked. What would you share to about your launches? And go uh, look, I would say my launches are pretty uncomplicated. So mm. I haven't gone down the big track of webinars and funnels and things like that. Yeah. My launches are mainly based around, again, developing a wait list. So, you know, they talk about yes. having that launch runway. So yes. starting to talk about the society and gather people on the wait list. And again, mm. even inviting people to join the wait list. So similar to the DMs I send during a launch, there might be people who I know are following me or who I love mm. and I'm, you know, I love following them and I might invite them to join the wait list. And then I often use my conferences to develop a, pro- yeah. a promotional video. So I'll have a yes. you know videographer on the day. I'll use them to put together an amazing promotional video. I'll get member testimonials as well. So that when I launch, I will have that, you know, new promotional video that I use. And again, so something else I've been trying out was doing some lives with some of my members as well Mm -hmm. during the launch period. And I also do quite a long open door period. I open my doors Mm -hmm. for three weeks. Now, I know that standard membership openings are normally just a week, a few days. I've had people tell me, Tanya, that's too long. What are you doing? Yeah, yeah. And look, I do get tired by the third week. (laughs) (laughs) And I often can't wait to close the doors. But the reason I do the three weeks, I guess, is because I do use those DM conversations. And Mm -hmm. I have found that because people are so busy, They do need time and Mm. often I'll get follow up and they'll say, look, I just haven't had a chance. I want to check out your membership. I just need a few more days. And I feel giving giving them that three weeks, it gives me the chance to talk to them. They have time to look. Mm. They have time to answer questions. I do add in incentives. So, you know, if you join in the first week, you'll receive this. If you join in the second week, you'll receive this. So I'm adding those incentives to help people come in earlier. Mm, But I I definitely find that sometimes people just need that extra time Mm. to actually look through. And I know myself, even when I'm looking at programs to join, suddenly the doors are closed and I'm like, oh, no, I missed it. Because when you're a mum, things happen. You're not always able to have that time. So um, I'm learning this, Tanya. <laughs> yes, I know. So I'm I just, like, oh, yeah, life's changed. <laughs> I, yeah. So look, I find for me, if I had to do a launch in five yeah. days, um, that would be very stressful and I'd rather yeah. just spread it out yeah. and give myself that time. And that's what I found has worked for me. I like that. Um, I don't, um, yeah. And I don't think the, the more intense daily event type launching perhaps 
is doable sometimes when you are when you do have a few hours that you're working per day I don't know what, exactly um, exactly yeah. like I think as mums it's different if you're you're mm. not a mom and you have some big team behind you who's organizing yeah. all your webinars and everything like that mm. but I think when you're a mum things do come up and it can be very mm. stressful during a launch mm. to yes have to show I mean I'm still showing up every day just on Instagram yeah. stories yeah but doing these big webinars every day mm. and the pressure mm. that you feel about mm. I want to reach my target by this week and plus you're often marketing to other mums in business and they are not just sitting there on Instagram waiting for your webinar they're doing a million things so you really want to give them the chance to check out what you're Mm. doing and to have those conversations in the DMs Mm. to follow up people so I'll go through my wait list I'll contact everyone on my wait list you know, mm. all those little, little things take time. And I do find, look, m- maybe a two-week period would be good. I personally do, mm. do the three weeks, but I do yeah, feel nice. that stress of just five days is too much. Yes, <laughs> I get that. I get that. And um, do you do any evergreen sales or in between the launches or just those two launches per year, Tanya? In terms look, of this is something I have to do better. So yeah. I would love to set up something where, and I know you, I think you do this, Emily, where, yeah. you know, there is a webinar or something running in the background and you're directing yeah. people to join. So I don't have anything like that running at the moment. However, I do have people sometimes contact me in between launches yeah. wanting to yes. join. And then often I will engage you in conversation and bring them in. I'm not one of those very strict, no, you have to wait till the doors open. And I know, again, that goes against some membership rules. But at the same time, you do, as a business owner, you do have people leave the membership during the year. And so you are losing that income. So when you're bringing in new members in between, it helps you to replenish that income as well. There is still often the incentive for people to join during the launch because there are bonuses. Sometimes the price is like going to go up the next round. And so the people who are joining in between are missing out. Yeah. But yeah, I do find that letting people join in between, there is a benefit to that as a business owner. For sure. And you can explore around that too and look at some different ways to make that, to make that work and, um, we can chat a little bit more maybe about evergreen funnels perhaps. Yes, that would be great. That would be great. Yes. (laughs) So Tanya, talk to us about some of the challenges that you've had so far or big learnings that you'd like to share. Yes, well, COVID, we cannot forget about COVID. The lockdowns were a huge, had a huge impact on the event industry. Yeah. So I had a lot of my members were hardly earning anything during that time. And then I had all my members in Melbourne who were particularly affected. Yeah. So that was a huge challenge because I couldn't do a lot of member meetups in person. And even Mm -hmm. our magazine photo shoots, I was worried about how we would do that. So it was about trying to work out how I could bring value to my members during that time, because I did have members having to cancel because of financial reasons. And thankfully, some of them rejoined once everything was over. But during that time, it was about innovating. So looking at, we had masterclasses with guests, Mm. specifically helping our members about how to pivot, how to think of new ideas to bring in new income. It was, again, starting more online member meetups, which we hadn't done before, so that people could connect. And then whenever the lockdowns were, you know, stopped, which, again, in Melbourne wasn't so much the case, but in Sydney we had periods where, you know, we were able to do things, do Mm. photo shoots, 
Perth was opened a lot. So again, I utilized Mm. the Perth members, got them to do more of the magazine photo shoots. And then I even did a special magazine for all my members to be a part of, which was purely a promotional magazine. And we put all our members in there and promoted them as just another way that they could get their business out there. So again, offering that extra support, it was a really challenging time. And I'm so grateful to the members Mm. who stuck with us through that. But again, yeah. it's just, and I, and I think it relates to the situation we're having now where I know, you know, people are feeling yes. people spending less yes. and they're worried about their businesses. Mm-hmm. So again, looking at how we can support our clients and give them value so they, they can see the benefit, how I guess, you know, what we're offering will help them during these tough times that they might be facing. Mm-hmm. Always. So good, Tanya. What does your team look like now? I know that we said you started the first help you got in the business with, with the virtual assistant. Is that everything you have now? Do you have any any other support with the business? Look, Emily, I'd have to say I'm still with my virtual assistant that I haven't, I haven't employed any extra staff. I think COVID definitely put a dent in the business growth as far as I felt like I was on a big, you know, like a a good path at the moment and that did slow it down. Definitely. But look, I'm at the moment, I actually love using virtual assistants. Oh yeah. um, Because I feel like that flexibility is there. It's something that I have been exploring. So it's definitely one of my next steps I want to do in my business is to be able able to outsource more because I'm definitely feeling the pinch of, you know, expanding more and, and needing, you know, more support. I definitely have people like a bookkeeper, accountant, web developer, graphic designer. So there's definitely people, experts I call on Mm -hmm. for all those types of things, but I definitely need someone more regular to, uh, to help. But Mm -hmm. I have found it challenging to find the right people. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I mean, um, you have the wonderful cat who works with you. (laughs) I know. I'm like, I the jack. But I've definitely, I've definitely gone through a few VA. So it's definitely a challenging Mm -hmm. area, not just finding the right person, but then onboarding them well. So definitely I feel when I look back, I could have probably trained them better. I could have given the time better to support them. Did you attend the, I'm trying to remember, the replay of our All-Stars day? No, I don't think I have yet. No. Yeah, yeah. But I'm thinking that would be a really good masterclass in the collective around hiring a VA and what to look for in the onboarding and all that type of thing. Because I know that yes. a lot of members are some are, some already have VAs and team members and that type of thing. But I, I do hear that a lot that people might have someone and then it isn't really working out, or they're like, "How can I do this better?" So I think that would be a good um, masterclass. Hundred percent, because members. I think what whole what holds us back and it's definitely held held me back is the mm. time in training and. You almost yes. think, oh, look, I'll just do it myself. I know, right? And then a few months later, you're like, why am I doing this myself? So I have a great VA at the moment who's yeah, doing a lot of social yeah. media for me, but I definitely feel like if I could outsource other aspects, yeah, that would be amazing. So good. And that might be the next thing that you're working on. Yes, cool. definitely. So last couple of questions, Tanya. What has what have you got out of being a member in the collective for yourself, for your business? Yeah, well, Emily, I've loved your work for years. And so, you know, when I had the chance to join the Modern Marketing Collective, I was so excited because I feel like being able to access your wealth of knowledge. I know I've jumped on a few of your live coaching calls and been able to ask you directly when I've been stuck mm-hmm. about. I know I spoke to you about adding another member level and whether yeah. I should do that and yeah. different different decisions I've had to make and being able to have your direct answer has been mm-hmm. amazing because again, that, that direct knowledge. And then when it comes to the actual content, 
So the modules that I've particularly gained a lot from, firstly, your initial modules in the Modern Marketing Mm. Collective to really help me set that purpose and that intentionality, which is something that I really needed. And definitely the sales psychology area, which Mm. I've revisited a few times. So sometimes it's Mm. during a launch and it might not be going how I've wanted and I popped in. Really soon going, okay, what tips can I learn from the different masterclasses as well? And then even the community, I know I've jumped into the Mm -hmm. Facebook group and asked questions, recommendations from people about who their views or what what I should do about an event or something like that. And I found people quite helpful in the community as well. Mm -hmm. So I think it is about, again, getting to access you live. But also mm. having that the masterclasses there that I could draw on any time and then the community, yeah. it's like all yeah. three. Yes. Which is what you are to your members, hey, too. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. Exactly. Yeah. Like I'm I, you know, I'm not someone who can jump on every single coaching call. Yeah. But yeah. I still love that when I can or when I need something, I can mm. jump in and, yeah. you know, access all the information or access you in the Facebook group. Mm. So good, Tanya. And lastly, is there anything that I haven't asked you that you'd like to share? Anything that Oh, I really wanted to talk about this. Let me think. Look, I'd, I'd love to touch just briefly on a little bit more about motherhood and business yeah, because great. I feel like I guess being a, a mum of four and growing this business over the years, I guess I just want to encourage any mums who might be in a similar situation, I guess to know that, you know, in those early years when your kids are small mm-hmm. and you can feel very stretched, but to know that the time will come where you will be able mm-hmm. to do more in your business and it's okay to pace yourself. I can look back at my business and go, oh my gosh, I've been doing this for 12 years. And Mm -hmm. I could say, gosh, I could have achieved so much in 12 years. Mm -hmm. But I know that I did take it slow and I paced myself so that I could be there for my kids. And now Mm -hmm. I feel like, you know, that time has gone so quick. So I think it's about realizing that, yes, it's hard. Yes, you might have to work in chunks. You might have to work at night. You might have to outsource more. You can't do things as fast as you you would like. But don't compare yourself to people perhaps who are zooming ahead, but they don't have kids or they have a lot more support than you and realize that, you know, it is such a gift to be a mum, and what you are offering those children is something so valuable, but also don't feel the mum guilt as well, because I see this business has been such a blessing to my kids. Because I'm able to pick them up, drop them. I go to, you know, any assemblies, Easter hat parade, anything at school, I'm there. If they're sick, I'm there. And so any times when they used to say, mom, why are you working? Can you come and do this with us? I'd be saying, you know what? It's because of this business that, you know, you can have your ballet lessons. We can go on that holiday and mom can be there for you after school. So explaining to, to kids how your business is helping them and what it's providing for them. And I love when my kids say, mom, who's, who's your boss? And I say, I'm the boss, actually. And they're like, like you're looking at her. I know. And they're like, mom, who started Life's Little Celebrations? I'm like, I started Life's Little Celebrations. Wow. And to give them that possibility that, you know, one day they can start their own business as well and they can be the boss if they want to, you know. And I think there's so much positive messages we give our yeah. kids through running our own business. And we don't have to feel guilty about juggling it all because it's such a gift to them. Thank you so much for leaving that message. It's like almost like that was just for me too. I'm oh, yes. At the minute, like how are we, how is everyone doing this? And Exactly. Um, yeah. And I think I'm finding that just the change of pace and just, and just like figuring out how to be a mom, how to have the business. How do I want that to look? And this has been such a great conversation for me personally to hear how you've done that and that you've, I hope, and it sounds like it, been like really nice and kind to yourself. And maybe there's been moments when you did 
look around and think, oh, I wish I could be doing more or comparing to others, but that you stuck true to what was most important to you. And that's really to be celebrated, Tanya, and to be really proud of yourself for. Oh, thank you, Emily. Look, I'm definitely, I've had lots of times, as you said, that you question yourself and you think, oh, am I being, you know, I could be a better business owner. I could be a better mother, Mm. all these things. But I think it's just so important to, uh, as you said, keep your priorities Mm. straight and do not compare yourself with others and to Mm. come up, you know, carve your own journey with your family and a business that works with, you know, your own family. Oh, well, thank you so much for your time. Oh, thank you, Emily. And I appreciate you're so, so generous with everything that you shared. I'm sure people will have, like I do, I'm like writing down, oh, yes, yes, writing down a page of notes of ideas and inspiration. So thank you so much for being here. Where can everyone go to connect with you and follow you? Thank you so much, Emily. It has been such a pleasure to be here on one of my favorite podcasts. Mm-hmm. So everyone can find me at Life's Little Celebrations. So you can find me on Instagram. That will probably be the easiest way. So you can find my magazine, look at all our wonderful members. So Life's Little Celebrations on Instagram. And I would love to connect with anyone there who is listening. So good. Well, I look forward to staying in touch. Thank you, Tanya. Thank you, Emily. You. It's been so good to <laughs> chat with you. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of The Emily Osmond Show. You'll find my latest free resources and masterclasses at emilyosmond.com forward slash free. And you can start working with me and growing your business today by joining the Modern Marketing Collective. Just go to emilyosmond.com forward slash collective. There is no better time to take action than now. I'll see you in the next episode.